Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back. It's well into February when we're recording this. This will drop in March. So that was a fast month. February is always fast. Yeah. I hope you guys are still sticking to your New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. We had said that we were going to do our jar of success stories in our office. And we did that for January. So one month down, we'll be doing that, I guess, this Friday Mm -hmm. for February. Have you stuck with your New Year's resolution? Yeah, I have. It's been difficult. I continued the gratefulness thing, writing one thing at least which is just, you know, trying to rewire your brain. But I'm just very sleepy all the time. But that's expected with the newborn. With the newborn, yeah. <laughs> well, I started mine technically before the new year, my mm-hmm. learning Spanish, but mm-hmm. I'm on a 68 day streak. Oh, on my Duolingo app. So I'm just about ready to have everyone start speaking to me in Spanish in the office. Ooh. It's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be rough at the beginning, I think. <laughs> well, that would be interesting to see. The practicality of this app, yeah, in how it actually the real helps world. shape, yeah, and teach you. So it'll be good. Hopefully, we'll see. Maybe there'll be a sponsor. I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> do testimonials. I'll do an ad in Spanish. Oh, see, that would be see good. if my pronunciation is okay. Yeah. It's probably not. Eh, a lot of people work on it. laughing at me. I'm sure. Meh. Anyway. So today we wanted to kind of talk about, on a positive note, we talk a lot about kids and students and things that they face and things that parents face while they're in school. And, you know, a big part of special education and support services are to help promote a member of society that is contributing when they're an adult. So I'm sure you hear it several times from us where we say, you know, the IEP is a list of things that children can't do and how we're trying to improve on them and you know sometimes we lose sight of the things that they can do mm-hmm. I know Amanda has said it several times you know we have our resumes and we put all the things that we can do you know mm-hmm. we don't you even like try to think of answers to the question like oh what's your biggest weakness and then you have to say something like I'm a perfectionist like something that's like a negative but like mm-hmm. you can spin into a right. positive <laughs> oh but uh, I'll work tirelessly for you like whatever like okay but yeah we wanted to focus in because Because as children get older, it's so easy for the parents to just try to get through the next day, the next year. Right. And then they start to fear the future. And it's okay. You can let your mind wander to there. But that's why today we wanted to kind of take a look at a couple of individuals with disabilities, both physical and mental, cognitive, that have really done something that's noteworthy that makes it a possibility for anyone yeah well and it's the notion of you know i think a lot of people get bogged down with the ieps of always talking about the negative that it's easy to limit a child's potential that way and limit what you're believing in them of course we know that all of you believe in your children to the greatest extent but it is Mm -hmm. difficult when you see some limitations to say you know can i say to my child you can do anything you set your mind to. And I think one thing that we always strive to tell parents is you should. 
mm-hmm. because there is so much that your children can do. And, you know, just like we say, everyone has their own special abilities. And it's just a matter of finding that and then finding what they can be amazing. Now, this list of people that were individuals that we're going to talk about today, I really wish that because they are accomplishments that many people do. So it really shouldn't be some great success story. Of course, we know in our community it is because for so many years, individuals are limited, told that they can't go to college or they shouldn't go to college. They can't own their own business or they shouldn't own their own business, right? And so it is something that is something to triumph and to celebrate. I just hope that one day it's a norm. It's not right. something that needs to be celebrated other than to the extent that we would celebrate anybody who opens up a business exactly. or anyone who goes to college. Exactly. So one of the individuals that we want to talk about, this actually just came out last week, but we had the first woman with autism admitted to the Florida bar, or I should say the first openly autistic lawyer. So the first person admitted to the Florida state bar who's openly announced to the public that they are on the autism spectrum, which is pretty amazing because I think a lot of people think, oh, children with autism it's a lot that they have to deal with and it's, it would be difficult for them to go to college. Unless you're thinking of, a lot of people think, well, the children who are high functioning autism mm-hmm. or have Asperger's, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to think, well, well those kids that, are like, going to- there's that show, right? The Good Doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's funny that you say like openly autistic, like it just as if, you know, they were hiding it or something. It's like, you can't, like, I can't hide that I'm left-handed. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think for some people on the spectrum, there are things that I think sometimes they can hide. And that's why, you know, whenever someone asks me, oh, well, you know, do you think that there's more people, there's just more autism now um, than mm-hmm. there was 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. And I like to say, no, I don't think that there is. I think yeah. that we're diagnosing more, we're identifying more, we're identifying earlier on. Right. I think that there are some ends of the spectrum that are easier maybe to hide, you know, dealing with the more social aspect that, so maybe when she was a kid, she was easy for her to well, hide yeah, because she could be considered the well, shy or the withdrawn kid. Well, it just echoes, you know, gay or lesbian, you know, females that, you know, were hiding or as the euphemism, you know, in the closet that people always say. And, and that's sad that, you know, we're trying to, or, you know, the headline is like openly autistic, you know, and we've seen that with the first openly transgender, you know, senator, you know, all this stuff. It just is like, I think, I guess that's my point. It's like, it's not that she was trying to hide it or that it was easy for her to hide it, but that, you know, she had to, you know, just keep that part of herself yeah. just like any felt the need right, to keep it right but this woman is actually pretty incredible so it's Haley moss um so she's in florida she actually was diagnosed when she was three years old and they say like as a toddler she could do 100 piece jigsaw puzzles and read but didn't speak so you know she went through special education classes general education classes and then when she was in middle school she actually wrote her first book when she was 15 called middle school the stuff nobody tells you about a teenage girl with asd shares her experiences and then you know she went through her career advocating for others living with autism and really trying to raise awareness of autism and kind of what she went through as a teenager um, dealing with it and so then she received a bachelor's degree from University of Florida and then enrolled at University of Miami Law School. She said, I wanted to go to law school because I wanted to make a difference for other people. Lawyers help their community. What a better way than becoming a lawyer. Um, so then in May 2018, she graduated from University of Miami Law School and had the honor of speaking at the commencement ceremony. 
she even had a job lined up after graduation and which of course was contingent on passing the bar exam right and then in january she was admitted so this is that she practices law with a focus on healthcare and international matters. So this is definitely a story where, you know, a student who was, she started out her career in special day classes. So, you know, we always talk about wanting to try to, you know, make the best of a child's education. Clearly she was very driven and she had a family that was very driven and fought for her to have the appropriate settings so that she could reach her potential, which is amazing. And it's something that we always want, and, you know, all the kids that we work with to be able to strive for that. Andrea Bocelli as well. He's the tenor musician, writer, musical Italian producer. He actually was born with congenital glaucoma, which left him partially blind. That did not prevent him from taking piano lessons. At the age of 12, due to an accident, he suffered a blow that left him completely blind. But I mean, he's won numerous awards. And that is just something that he was able to overcome. You know, it wasn't like he was a prodigy 11 and then, oh, I'm blind and now I can't like, you know, the ability to really be able to. And I'm sure, you know, maybe some people didn't know that he was blind. Like Mm -hmm. they just see him and there's like, oh, no, of course. He's like, you're playing a musical instrument. You must be able to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another famous person is Marley Matlin. She's an actress. She's been on Desperate Housewives. I remember she's like on the West Wing, the L Word, ER. So she she was um, on the show Switched at Birth. Yes, yeah, so that's what I was trying to remember. Was couldn't deaf. remember. Yeah, and I know she. I'm sure she was in something. And so in the she 80s. plays a deaf parent, but she actually is in real life. Yes. Deaf. So she lost all her hearing in her right ear when she was 18 months old, and then had 80 percent loss her sound wow. in her left. I remember she was even on Dancing with the Stars. Mm. I remember, like, this is ages ago. And, you know, the way they practiced was, like, different because, you know, she really needed to be able to, like, visually focus and be Mm. able to, you know, because she's not hearing the music. And so there was, like, so that's somebody, obviously, that has overcome their story. And she actually, that's what it was. So she won the Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role for Children of a Lesser God. So to date, she's the only deaf performer to have won the Oscar. And we just had the Oscars, so that was a nice little piece of trivia. I did. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, I just can't. I just, they were so good. Like, it's just so convincing. Yeah, I still need to see that movie. You haven't seen that No, movie? I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was very well done. I know a lot of people were upset with the Green Book. I heard it was a good movie. I haven't seen it. Roma's on upset Netflix. Upset with it winning? Like winning. Yeah, okay. best picture. Yeah. What did most people think that should have won? I don't know what they thought should have won. I mean, there was a lot. Like, obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody was, like, winning a bunch, like, before that. But I think with Green Book, some people's take is that it's kind of like a driving Miss Daisy or it's a naive look at racism. Mm-hmm. It's told from the perspective of a white male. It said it was like based on true events, but like apparently it was all BS. Like, I don't know. Like oh, people, I did hear somebody always about comes it. out and just like it's that's all people like to do. Well, there was controversy around Bohemian Rhapsody, too, what? because of the director like was Why was it the director or the. I think it was the director who was like accused of several counts of like sexual assault or something like that. Like right oh, after, you know, the director, okay. the producer. Okay, yeah, something like that. Anyway, there's always. I mean, I feel like there's controversy around, which it kind of is sad because it's like there can be so much controversy, and the people think, oh, well, they shouldn't win an award. But it's like, well, what about all the other people that didn't do anything wrong that worked so hard on something? Not to mention the fact that we're trying to honor someone as amazing as Freddie Mercury, like. 
Yeah. Let's and everything let's, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's not diminish diminish that yeah. just because one person screwed up. Like yes, we of course need to, you know, put him in his place. But time's up. Exactly. But <laughs> I think everyone else who worked hard on that, I still have to see that movie too because I love Freddie Mercury, but mm. not that much. Me- because you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm just Because I haven't seen a movie in the theater in like six kidding. months. <laughs> I know, neither have I. Anyway, so I found this list of all these like entrepreneurs and the article, the title of the article, and I, I really like this title, The Next Movement, Special Needs Entrepreneurs Build Change-Making Businesses. So I'm sure you've seen in the media, it's you see it on Facebook all the time about people living with disabilities, either their family creating businesses for people living with disabilities to be able to work at or the actual individual creating a business, bakeries and that sort of things. So I found a couple that were worth noting there was a coffee shop owner in wilmington north carolina called bose coffee it was started with the goal of giving people with intellectual and developmental disabilities the opportunity for meaningful employment so it's run by 18 employees with intellectual disabilities including autism and down syndrome so the owner amy wright has two children with down syndrome and the shop is named after her son Bo. And then, of course, there's like so many and even there's some pretty cool stories about like there's a teen from Texas who started a shaved ice business out of a trailer. He's diagnosed with autism and struggles academically, but he's been extremely successful in running his shaved ice business. That's pretty sweet. Which is awesome. So, I mean, even though it's not like something national, right, it's not becoming a celebrity or going to law school. It's something that might seem small, but it's a great success story for him. And I'm sure the community... Our boy Daniel Radcliffe, star of the Harry Potter series, has dyspraxia. So that's obviously a learning disability that we have talked about with children. Oftentimes you hear that kind of in a chain of, you know, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dysgraphia. And, you know, obviously that makes certain things very hard for him, especially as a actor. Obviously there's scripts to read and, you know, there's a lot of coordination and yeah. he overcame that. And I mean, he's been in and a ton so of stuff. so many movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, even outside of Harry Potter. And yeah. that was when he was still like super yeah, young. Yeah, he was a kid still. Yeah, he was still, he was really still learning. Young, yeah. Probably my favorite on this list because I follow her on Instagram and she actually followed me back, which is pretty cool, is uh, Madeline Stewart, who's a model from Australia who has Down syndrome and has been in a number of huge campaigns, New York fashion shows, magazine covers, and she's really changing the way people look at Down syndrome. And, you know, if you're interested, there's some great accounts on Instagram, not just Madeline Stewart's, but like other people living with disabilities really having powerful messages on their Instagram. So I suggest you take a look. Lauren Elizabeth Potter going off on the Harry Potter. <laughs> she was actually the actress that was that played Becky on Glee. So, yeah, so she is involved and is an advocate for a plethora of organizations, Ability Path, Beth Buddies International, Down Syndrome Association, American People with Disabilities, and, and of course, the, the Special Olympics. She's actually from the Inland Empire, you know, so out, mm, out yeah. by our way. And, yeah, she obviously, the, the biggest role that she had from 2009 to 2015 was her on Glee. I was trying to think. Oh, and then in 2011, President Barack Obama appointed her to the President's Committee for the People with Intellectual Disabilities. And there she advised the White House on issues related to the population. And she's been doing a lot of stuff in 2015's Special Olympics in Los Angeles. I think we saw her. Weren't we there at that one? Yes. I can't remember. 
And she has been in shorts, I think most recently, The Guest Room. She's amazing. And she's somebody that I really enjoyed on Glee. Yeah. This is a pretty cool one. This is a 20-year-old with Down syndrome becomes the youngest business owner in his hometown. So not just youngest business owner with Down syndrome, but like at all. He was working when he was in high school at a barbecue restaurant. Then unfortunately, the barbecue restaurant closed right after he graduated high school. So he decided to open his own business. So he opened uh, Blake Snow Shack, which Mm. is a little trailer that sells snow cones. So um, and that's in Texas, which is pretty cool that, you know, we're seeing these young business owners i mean us millennials although we're on the edge of the millennials but you know starting their own business is becoming huge and it's great to see you know people of all walks of life that are really going out there and starting their businesses and being successful we talk a lot about children with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and justin timberlake has adhd and ocd obsessive compulsive disorder i'm not sure specifically what the ocd is for this article doesn't say anything about it but it does mention that a lot of famous people that we know have adhd and i know it seems so i see the commercials it's like a dad and then a son it's just like the dad's like i try to get him to try and then the son's like i'm trying so hard to do Mm -hmm. my homework or whatever right but you know there's hope Liv tyler emma watson i don't know why they have socialite paris hilton uh, musician will i am and channing tatum all have ADHD. And, you know, when you're able to find something that you're passionate about, I know Chan Tatum, he's a dancer. I'm sure that helped him out back in the day. You know, obviously Justin Timberlake is super talented. He was on Star Search, like back in the days, he was like on the Mickey Mouse Club. And, you know, when you're able to tap into something, you know, those are lines that you have to rehearse and things like that. You can't be hyperactive all the time. You know, you have to be serious in those types of situations at times. And, you know, they were able to kind of hone in on that and not let it stop them because there are a lot of people that they get told in school, you know, you shouldn't be like this. We see that a lot with our kiddos that are high functioning in the sense of high functioning. Even that term is just we go back and forth with using it. High functioning has this connotation where it's just like, oh, everything's fine with them. Like they're right. just so super high functioning. And it's just like, well, no, like if it's a child that um, has autism that doesn't speak, we say nonverbal. But we even say that sometimes when they can make some utterances. And so the yeah. same thing with high functioning. I remember a mom was talking to me about that and saying like we should be detailing out like he's not high functioning. He can sometimes speak his needs or he can sometimes pay attention, but it right. doesn't necessarily because I think a lot of the school district personnel now they everybody likes to organize people into these boxes, yeah. right? And so then it's just like, oh, well, he's high functioning and we don't have to give him as many services or speech and language or this or that. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like we're seeing or that trend with high function skills. Yeah. We don't need to. Yeah. And then on the reverse, we've got the kids that, you know, academically, you know, have really fallen behind. And so, you know, when we start to see in high school, we separate the kids most of the time the school districts they say well either you're going to be learning vocational stuff and you're not going to learn any academics anymore or the reverse if you're learning academics you don't need the vocational and it's like there really shouldn't be only both sides it should be like a spectrum because you know just because a student is functioning you know a within their age range for academics doesn't mean they don't need other, you know, skills and vice versa. And I think that's often what happens. We have 
kids that go into high school programs and they're placed in these special day classes that focus solely on vocational and independent living skills. And it puts them really in a huge hole because we think about all the academic skills that can really help later in life, like owning a business, come from some of these academic classes. And if we're not giving academics, we are limiting. However, there are kids that don't function well in you know these higher level curriculum classes, but could still do some academics and could go on just because you're in a special day class doesn't mean you can't go on to creating a business. Like you might've heard about him. The company is called John's Crazy Socks. Oh, I have. Yeah. yeah, December 2016, run by John Cronin and his father, Mark Cronin, which sprouted from John's love of fashion forward socks. Mm -hmm. I think they made a sock day. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't we do something with that? Oh, yeah. We did. We did. We We posted about that. Yeah. So John's been saying for years that he wanted to go in business with me, his dad said. And so then in November of, what did I say, 2016, they started talking about socks and by the end of the conversation they decided to create an online store. I mean it's been huge not only in, you know, selling socks and being a successful business, but they also give back. So 5% of the earnings go to the Special Olympics, which John has participated Aww. in. I mean the company also does a series of awareness socks that they donate to causes like Down syndrome, autism awareness and breast cancer research. So that's pretty cool. And that that can be seen and it's easy to go just type it in and they have some pretty good socks too. Yes, the sock industry is like crazy. Fire. <laughs> uh, Jamie Brewer, also living with Down syndrome. You may remember her from the American horror story Murder House and Coven. And she also is an active and passionate advocate for Down syndrome awareness. She served on the ARC Governmental Affairs Committee for the state of Texas. And she's really helping the legislature change their language when regarding those with intellectual disabilities. She was also on the American Horror Story Freak Show. This article might be a little dated. I don't know if she has been on any of the other ones. But again, we're seeing a lot of the children with Down syndrome be able to take these roles on because of the early intervention that they Mm -hmm. had when they were little. You know, oftentimes we see that they are able to speak and articulate themselves and it's because their parents, you know, refused to have them put into a special day class in whatever state that they were at. Maybe they decided to homeschool them. I remember a long time ago I was watching a television clip. I'll see if I can find it. And it was about this girl with Down syndrome and the dad. I think the dad and the mom had written like a book, like a children's book. So she could see a character like herself in these children's books. And they had given her, I think they lived in Colorado. They'd given her early intervention and full inclusion all the way. Mm -hmm. And she was super articulate. She was on the cheerleading varsity team. Like she was graduating high school. And, you know, you compare that to another kiddo with Down syndrome that, you know, may have been just kind of pushed into some of the special day classes and not challenged effectively for one reason or the other. You know, they lose that potential to really be able to do something or be that how the Individuals Disability Education Act states you know productive members of society you know and that's sad it is i have one a 23 year old michael who's a photographer and not only is he an amazing photographer but he has his own gallery called the river bend gallery and it's in downtown galena illinois and i mean just look at these like some beautiful oh yeah those are really beautiful so i mean not just like 
business in the traditional sense, but I mean, he has a gallery, which is pretty cool. Kind of showing off that artistic side that, you know, we often say there's the traditional academics, reading, writing, and arithmetic that people get so focused on. And we forget that, you know, everybody, not just people living with disabilities, but everyone has different special talents. And it takes a bit for us to figure them out. I mean, how many people go their whole lives until and then they have you know midlife crisis and they realize that what they've been doing for so long isn't what they really want to do. And then they pick up, you know, painting yeah. or photography or music or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, or maybe they started in middle school or high school and, you know, they were given the opportunity to take that elective class in photography or, you know, painting or sculpture or, you know, graphic design or computers or something like that. And it's, they have a real knack for it, just an honest talent for it. And that's really, you know, one of the biggest things of being able to give these individuals with opportunities, anyone an opportunity Mm -hmm. to really find what they're passionate about. Because you can derive a business, you can derive a Mm -hmm. career out of anything that you're passionate about. If you're passionate about something, Mm -hmm. you can make it happen. And that's really what we strive to give these individuals, the ability to have passion about something something and do something with it you know you're given a your dealt set of cards and you know if you effectively play them you don't have to have the best cards in the world to win you know in poker or whatever game it is that you're playing I'm pretty sure it's poker you can bluff right and I think that that's the testament to a lot of these people that we talked about obviously we talked about Stephen Hawking you know he had a disease that affected I think it was like a neuron he suffered from motor neuron disease like when he was 21 we can you know talk about all sorts of different people that have dyslexia I know Kathy Johnson like always has like off the top of her head like so many people that you know are affected with it and I think at the end of the day it's and why Amanda and I created this podcast is so that we're bringing awareness of these things this was a fun positive kind of uplifting episode that we were talking about these individuals with disabilities that were able to get something and it takes a village it really you know a couple of them started businesses with their parents but you know it's still one of those things where it was their own you know they're not just not doing the work but it started from people believing in them believing in them the same way that we believe in any child exactly the biggest take we want we want and inspire you that your child can do whatever they want. You and can tell them you can do yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, and that's why do. we want to bring you so many different things. I know we have a lot of different people on the podcast and you know, we that was one of the goals for ourselves in creating this podcast and having different people through different industries come on and teach us more about it because as much as a man and I are in the world of special education, we always say that because we go to the presentations and we go to workshops and we host those presentations and we go to parent groups. This is a there's 13 eligibility categories, but there's like so many more disabilities than just right. that. So many more unique needs, so many more people that need the help. And we're just, you know, we always say it's the new civil rights. We're not being, you know, facetious when we say that. It is something where just like I said, you having brown hair and me having green eyes or whatever, it, mm-hmm. it just is. Yeah. And that's the goal of our podcast. And we're trying to put a more positive spin on it. We get a lot of people that write to us that are teachers and we're so grateful to you to listen to us you know we can get bogged down with the negativity that we face but not all teachers are created equal not all district people are created equal just like not all special education attorneys are created equal and so you know we hope you guys are continually enjoying 
this, which probably I should have had this speech at the beginning of the year, but I'm <laughs> going into it now because I it was a really positive episode and we just wanted to kind of show you, you know, this is what we're fighting for. We want to yeah. be able to get those services, you know, just so that that potential can just be opened up a little. Yeah. We're hoping that one day we don't have to have episodes like this right. where we're telling stories about people with disabilities. It's right. a common it occurrence. It just is. It just is. <laughs> yeah. So next week we will be in New Orleans for... The Big Easy. Actually, I guess when this episode drops, we we'll will be, be there, there mm-hmm. for our annual conference for COPA, which we've mentioned before. And last year we did um, an episode while we were there. So we're going to have hopefully a couple of guests, if not at least one, will record some episodes while we're there. So stay tuned for that and have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.